This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. You ever hear someone say something and you think, nah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's right. Or maybe somebody says, well, such and such said this or, or such and such did that. And, and you think, mm, you know, I know them pretty well. Oh, I'm pretty sure that probably didn't happen. Now, there are some popular phrases people say that a lot of folks think that are in the Bible. Like, I'm sure we've heard, all heard this one, probably from our mothers. Uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Probably heard that from your mom, right? I think my wife's probably told me that. Or the, the lion shall lie down with the lamb. That kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Or uh, we shall live in heaven forever. We've probably heard some phrases like that or similar to it. But those phrases, you won't find those direct phrases in the Bible anywhere. I know some of that sounds like, yeah, you sure it's not? You know, when I saw the, the lion shall lie down with the lamb, I thought, I'm pretty sure I've heard that somewhere. Well, there's no direct phrase that actually says that in the Bible. There's a close one in Psalms, but that's not it. So my plan this afternoon is just to go over a few phrases that people might think that are in the Bible, but they're not. Now, I want you to keep in mind that these phrases aren't bad phrases. It's not stuff that we shouldn't say, but I just want to point out that they're not in the Bible and give just a little reasoning why they're not in the Bible. So the, the topic of this afternoon is just simply the Bible doesn't say that. And we're going to start out with follow your heart. I'm sure we've all heard that one or maybe even said it. Some people think that that's found somewhere in the Bible, and that's actually the opposite of what the Bible tells us. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, does that sound like you should follow your heart? It doesn't, does it? Because it says that the heart's deceitful, which basically means it's, it's dishonest, it's untrustworthy. The thing that catches me, though, is it says, above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. Or the heart is dishonest or untrustworthy above all things. So we can't rely on just following our hearts. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. In Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 22, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things that I just read are sin, and Jesus says here that they come from the heart. And that's why we can't rely on following our heart alone. We need the Lord to help us and to guide us. Psalms chapter 37, verse 4 through 7. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So we need to commit ourselves to the Lord. If we do that, then he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to give us everything that we desire. That's not what he's saying there. It means if we're, going to, or if we're doing God's will, our heart's desire will be uh, God's desires. It will be things that God desires for us, and it's not going to be sinful desires. Our hearts can lead us astray and to do things that we shouldn't do, even if it feels right. But we need God to guide us. So we need God's guidance so that we don't let our emotions take over and get ourselves in trouble. The second one is be true to yourself or to thine own self be true. That kind of sounds like it could be in the Bible, doesn't it? Especially that last one, to thine own self be true. But what does it mean to be true to yourself? It means you don't worry about pleasing other people or living by someone else's rules or ideas or even their standards, that you, you don't care what people think of you. Now, that's not bad advice, kept in context with what the Bible says, but the phrase itself, it's not in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 25, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. There are, there are about 18 verses in the New Testament where Jesus says, follow me. Now, some of those are they're duplicates because they're the same account, just recorded by uh, different apostles. But nonetheless, Jesus never said, be true to yourself. So what about to thine own self be true? Like I said, that one kind of sounds like it might be in the Bible somewhere. It's not. It actually comes from Shakespeare's Hamlet. I'm not going to quote that or go into that. It's kind of irrelevant. Uh, all we need to know is it's not in the Bible. It's nothing that the Bible says or that Jesus said. Again, Jesus says just the opposite. When he says, follow me, he's saying, put your trust in me. Be true to me. If we were supposed to be true to ourselves, we'd be chasing worldly things, wouldn't we? If we wanted to be true to ourselves and follow our heart's desires. So as Christians, being true to yourself should look something like this. Don't do sinful things to make other people happy or be in the the cool crowd. Please God by following his word. Live by God's standards and not someone else's. Don't worry about what other people think about you being a Christian but give thought to your actions and be a godly example for everyone around you. You know, it's okay to be true to yourself, but keep God in that equation. Be true to yourself as a Christian. Number three, believe in yourself. Again, great advice. We need to believe in ourselves. Everyone should believe in themselves. You need to have self-confidence, but the Bible tells us to believe in Christ In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Essentially, Jesus is saying, believe in me. 
Because I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and you can't get to the Father in heaven without me. Remember, these aren't things that we shouldn't do or things that we shouldn't say. I mean, obviously, like I said, you should believe in yourself and have self-confidence. I mean, after all, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I think the key words there, though, are through Christ. We can do all things through Christ, but we have to, be, to believe in him. We have to follow his word and follow him in baptism. Again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't believe in yourself. You should definitely believe in yourself and have self-confidence, but not to where it causes you to, have, to be prideful uh, and believing in yourself instead of Je- Jesus and his word. In other words, stay humble. And number four, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. We've all heard that before, haven't we? Probably said it a couple times. Now, there's a lot, uh, a lot about being happy and joyful in the Bible, but nothing about as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. You're not going to find that in the Bible. Psalms 144.15, happy is that people... That is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Psalms 146.5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Proverbs 16, verse 20, he that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. I know there are other, other verses that we could have looked at, but I feel like these three uh, these three verses get the point across very well. What, all, what do all three verses have in common? They're all focused around the Lord. Being happy comes from having God in your life. As long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Isn't a bad thing as long as it's in line with God's word. If being happy was all that mattered and God wasn't a part of it, then we would most likely be living a worldly lifestyle apart from God. We don't want to live a worldly lifestyle apart from God and be separate from him. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know, you could be living your best life by worldly standards, Doing whatever you want, whenever you want, skipping church, going, where, going to wherever makes you happy, not living by God's word, sinning in whatever way you want, just as long as it makes you happy because that's all that matters. You could do all, you could do all of that, but guess what? You won't profit anything because you'll lose your soul in the end. And what I mean by lose your soul is, is you chose the world over God, and so God won't have your soul in the end when you die, which means you won't make it to heaven because you're separate from God. You know, I put this lesson together mainly for our younger audience because it's, it's important to know that when you go off to college, you get a job or whatever it is that you plan to do whenever you get out of high school, you need to know what God's word said, says and what it doesn't say. And that's why we're told, told to study our Bible. 
You know, you can get so much from coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday evening, listening to, to someone else preach and taking in what they say. But if you have it right in front of you and you're reading it yourself and you're studying yourself, you're going to get more out of it. There's going to be more application to your life than just listen to what someone else says. And also, you need to make sure that what they're saying is correct. It could be wrong. For example, there are a lot of people that think baptism isn't essential for salvation. And you will without a doubt run into someone, if you haven't already, that believes that. That's not what the Bible teaches, though, is it? Some people will say you have to, all you have to do is accept Jesus into your heart and say a, a prayer, the, the sinner's prayer, and you'll be saved from your sins. And just like the phrases that we just looked at, you're not going to find that in the Bible. It's not there. You can look, but it is not there. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say you can have your sins washed away and make it to heaven just by saying a prayer. It's not there. So to kind of give you an idea maybe of what that that prayer would look like, I've I've got a little example here that I found online. It says, Lord God, please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that you love me. I believe in my heart who you are. You are the son of God. I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my savior. Please come into my heart, cleanse me from my sin, and create a new and clean heart in me. I believe that you are my Savior, and I now want to live for you as my Lord and my God. I know that I have eternal life in you because of the work you did on Calvary's cross for me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are aspects of, of that prayer that, that aren't bad. I mean, it's, it's stuff that, that we could pray for, you know, we, we need to pray to have a, a clean heart. You know, we need to ask for forgiveness of our sins. And that's not a bad thing. But you can't say that prayer and make it to heaven. That's not how salvation works. That's not what the Bible teaches us. You're not going to find any form of that put in one verse or chapter in the Bible. It's not there. Here's what the Bible says about salvation. This is straight from Jesus' mouth. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the, and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say teach all nations and have them say a prayer accepting me into their heart, does it? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say, repent, have them say a prayer, accept me into their heart, does it? Go down a couple more verses. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. It doesn't say anything about saying a prayer, does it? It says baptized. So in order for us to be saved... Proper salvation is we hear the word, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we believe. Believe what we hear. John chapter 8, verse 24, Jesus says, If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And we need to repent 
of our sins. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And then we need to confess our faith. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And then we need to be baptized. Mark chapter 16, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I'm going to put this pretty plain and simple. If you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins, and you were to die right now, you wouldn't make it to heaven. So if you're not making it to heaven, where are you going? You're not going to Disney World. You're not going to some vacation place that you like to go to every year. You're not going to some fantasy world. You're going to hell. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. If you've done something else other than being baptized for remission of sins, say like the sinner's prayer, and I'm not here to judge you, I'm just a messenger. And the Bible plainly tells us baptism is essential for salvation. To live in heaven with God for eternity, it doesn't teach any other way for salvation other than baptism. Period. Point blank. That's it. And if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus in baptism, I'm begging you. Let's take care of that today. Let's take care of it right now before it's too late. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk out these doors. We don't know if Jesus is going to come back five seconds from now. We need to make things right, right now, and not wait. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com. Or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.